Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. serving in ministry for 19 years. We hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you, my friend? I think I'm a little under the weather, man. I don't know. Like I've been fighting... The thing for a while, feeling a little sick. Um, may have to take a couple of pause breaks on this old recording here, but <laughs> it's uh, you know it's the holidays. Uh, I'm gonna get sick just in time to get sick and not working. So it's good. It's good. I, I love How are you, you, buddy. Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, you know, kicking it, hanging out, doing my thing. You know, this is like Bachelor Week for good. you, right? Didn't you get like uh, get the the reprieve? Like, wife is traveling, doing. Yeah, my wife like... is. Uh, she is traveling. She yeah. um, is on a on a business trip in New Orleans this week, and so um, I'm just telling you right now, if you are a um, owner of a Chinese restaurant in Stillwater, <laughs> you're making a lot of money this week. <laughs> All right. Also, if you make the most comfortable sweatpants, Chad is looking to beta test all the sweatpants. <laughs> Just send those sweatpants to chad at afternightministry.com. Uh, send him that email, get him the shipping address, and he'd love to beta test all your sweatpants. I only wear season. sweatpants with something written on the butt, though. <laughs> gross. Like, gross. that's my rule. Well, listen, you, you only drive a truck with a bumper sticker, so it makes sense that your sweatpants would also have bumper stickers. That's good. That's awesome. That's good. Oh, it's also a little disturbing, but it's the holiday season, Chad. It's exciting. Uh, so, uh, hey, everything everybody wants to know, uh, Chad Higgins, uh, what did you get me for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? I don't know. Isn't that man. a weird question? Like, I feel like that's a weird question as an adult. <laughs> Tell me like, why it's weird. Because, like, like when you're a kid, like, I, I why feel is like it you... more weird when you're an adult and you actually know what you want than when you're a kid and you don't know what you're what? Go, well, go what on. are you talking like... about? When I was a kid, I knew exactly what I wanted, right? <laughs> no, like, didn't. I was the salesman. <laughs> and so, like, every year, man, I had a list of things that I wanted that I would present to my parents. <laughs> and I remember growing up, like, my parents would always gripe about every one of my toys required batteries and how yeah, expensive assembly, batteries were yep, and all this kind yep, of stuff. Yep. And I remember one year I wanted this uh, <laughs> this uh, car called the Claw. Uh, it was a really sweet little car because like the the wheels opened up into claws, and it was awesome. Oh, I remember oh. watching the uh, um, 
the commercials over and over again. And at the end of the commercials, it said batteries not included. And in my little like six year old mind, I felt like batteries <laughs> not included meant that it didn't need to have batteries. Oh. And so that was like my big selling Good. point of the year. And yeah. so I was like, mom, I need this claw and the, the wheels open up and all this stuff. And it's green. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. And batteries not included. Right. And I just <laughs> remember like trying to sell her on the fact that batteries weren't included. I'm like, you that guys love it. Batteries not included. Page. <laughs> You're gonna love so, it, Mom. It's great. I don't know. Oh, I just feel see. like as an adult, like when somebody asks me what I want, like I, I don't. It, the things that I want are either like one, like they're not gonna buy me that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, or I've already iPad. bought it. Or it, yeah, yeah, or it's like things that it's just like it's boring. Like it's boring gifts, right? It's like right, right. I don't know. As a kid, it's exciting, right? Like I want a, I want an airplane or whatever, and. Now it's just like, oh, you know, some nice new pots would be great, right? You're, I don't know. Like, I don't Dude, know. Dude, need new cookware. It's great. Okay, here's here's the thing, though. And this this is my, like, dad life insight to stuff. I think that we don't know what we want as adults or we don't get excited about what we want as adults because we don't have the same kind of commercials that we used to when we were kids. So, like, for the last several years, I've been adulting, like, sans kid. And this last few months after school, Isaiah and I have our hangout time and we watch TV and I forgot or didn't realize they still advertise toys on TV because when you're an adult, you don't watch any of the kid channels Dude, the advertisements for toys on TV haven't changed since the 90s. It's the same voice. It's the same energy. It's the same rush, right? Like, I love you, Apple, but you've got to stop giving us these artsy fartsy ads. Just give us the guy with the Hot Wheels voice. Get us amped up out the door and ready to buy an iPad. <laughs> don't give us, don't give us like a textless, like thoughtful music video. Like get me pushed, get me amped, get me excited for this big old iPad. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, I would buy I, I would buy an Apple Watch tomorrow if Apple came out with a commercial that had like four racially diverse children all playing in the same house, like running through with like smoke and lights. Like, <laughs> I watch, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And like all excited. I'm like, or, I'm or they, they held the watch up and they transformed, right? Like, <laughs> like they hold it up. The thing flashes the app and then they transform and then they hit them with the closing line. Batteries not included. <laughs> But then you would – the bad thing about that though is you would have the exact same feeling that you did when you were a kid and you finally got that toy home and you realized it didn't do all the like special effects that it showed you on the you commercial. You got it. What? I can't teleport rooms? This watch is crap. Smash. Oh, man. Anyway, Christmas time is here. We're excited. Gift giving. Uh, if you are a youth minister, this is either – uh, the busiest season for you because you've been roped into everything or if you've ninja your way through it, this is the season where you get to be the one helping everybody else with what they've got going on, maybe even canceling a few midweeks. Whatever it is, this season has got surely some kind of like association with a change in ministry pace. And so today on After 9, when we ask the most honest questions in youth ministry, we're going to talk about how to be the best pastor, the best minister to your family. And I think that's, Chad, whether that's a spouse, whether that's siblings, whether that's children, whether that's like your family, your friend family, this is a season, I think, and I think Chad is with me, 
we need to practice some really good self-care and good family care. Like this is a season that can easily be taken from us and not seen as the gift that it is, which is to have some really great time to connect with your family. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, for many of us, our homes are these places where we can kind of turn off the quote unquote pastor role for yeah, a moment, yeah. right? It's like this safe environment that we can come to and um, these people know me and all those kind of things. Put our sweatpants on with the bumper sticker on the back. Yeah. And we're we're not having to worry about like... <clears throat> Is everything working all the time? You know what I mean? And all that kind of You don't of carry stuff. a clipboard around your house? <laughs> yeah. Are all the leaders in place, right? Um, and, Will this video fire in time? <laughs> right. And, and so, but but oftentimes during these time of year, right, like um, we have family members that invade our homes or we end up traveling to theirs and we're sleeping Everywhere. on an airbed inside of a, you know, day room or something like that with our our spouse and we're, we're trying to, you know, hold our tongue. And then it finally comes to the meal. And of course, everybody's going to turn to you to be the one that prays, right? Even though it's not your house. And you get paid to do this, don't you? <laughs> you're the professional prayer. Give it to Chad, right? Great. Um, yes, because I was the only one in the room that could bless this turkey. <laughs> This turkey is thigh, is thigh blessed. <laughs> uh, you know, I found a way to make it to where your family won't ask you to be the one that prays at every meal. Is there a trick to that? What's the trick? Yeah, if you start laying hands on the turkey and the ham <laughs> during the prayer, like they will not ask you to do it. It will be your last. It will be your yeah. last. Yeah, yeah. When you bless the turkey by laying a hand just right on top of it, like they're they're not going to ask again. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um but what do we do, man? Like, so, okay, so that's so clearly that's the, sh- the season, right? So, like, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of there's a lot of staff and church and office and family Christmas parties to drive to and get white elephant gifts for and be at. But how do we like really pastor through this season? Not like push through or muscle through this season. Like, how do we really pastor through this season? Yeah. Well, so the first thing that that I want to encourage all of us to do. Um, and it's something I think that we talk a lot about here on the show uh, is that we need to take these like spiritual inventory of ourselves before we walk into this season. Uh, because if if we're rolling into, you know, December 24th or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we're 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 wrecked spiritually, emotionally, all those kind of things, um, then we're going to carry those things from our church into our family. And so. Um, all the stress and all the the shortness that maybe we have uh, in, in the back of our mind and on our heart is going to carry over into um, our mother in law and our you know sister in law and brother in law and our own <laughs> that <family>. nephew <laughs> yeah um, and, and so I think that we've got to get to a place right N- knowing that that's coming right because I think a lot of times for this se- season of year and you talked about it many of us are very busy right you're helping with things that normally you don't help with and um and and all of those kind of th- different things and um and so then when we walk into our family setting we want to just relax but then sometimes yeah. it doesn't feel like we can right yeah. there are things that are happening in our own family that are struggle that are hard right that we've got um brothers or brother and sister-in-law or whoever in our family that 
man, maybe are hurting our heart or walking through some difficult things. So we feel like we need to be there, but then we're putting on that pastor's hat instead of just that brother hat, right? Or that sister hat or whatever that looks like. And, and, And I think that we've got to be really aware of where we're at walking into that so we can um i think effectively like prepare in some ways right that's good that's to good. to take a moment to to um man to ask the lord to fill us with peace and patience you know and forgiveness man i, I don't know about you zach but oftentimes in my life the people that i'm the most short with that i have the least amount of grace for are really the people that I'm the closest to, right? I think we yeah. have this like unhealthy expectation that, I mean, you're not supposed to be doing this, right? We'll have grace all day long when someone else is walking through difficulties, but then when it's somebody so close to us, we get this level of frustration or or we we draw back, you know what I mean? And there's just this yeah. these big moments of sadness that we have. And, and so I think that it's really important that, that we come through this season realizing that, man, we have some of the same baggage in our own life and in our own families that many of the same people that we talk to every day have. But I think that many of us pastors are just really good at compartmentalizing some of these things. If yeah. we're going to be real honest and we'll put on that pastor hat and we'll walk into the office and we'll tell them and we'll give them great biblical advice of, man, here's how you minister to your brother. Here's how you minister to your parents. Here's how you minister to your children. Um, and then we find ourselves in those same situations and it's like, nobody else has it this difficult. Why are all these people crazy? You know, and all right, this kind of right, stuff. Right, right, right. And I think that we've got to understand that, man, there's brokenness in our life, too, because sin is real um, in all areas. And so um, we we need to come at this in a place of health um, and not just get ran over by it. No, that's good. It's a sad day, but I think probably more frequent than we want to admit that we don't give our best selves to our families. I, I think more often than not that usually what's cut up chopped up and left over is what our friends, our family, our siblings, our spouses, our kids usually get from us. Uh, I think a lot of us are great about putting our whole heart and our whole self into our work, our job, because it's meaningful and it's life-changing and it's transforming. And we do a real disservice and a real pastoral injustice (laughs) to spend up all of that resource and not have anything left for those that we live with or are closest to us or know us best. Um, so we're going to take it to the break. When we come back, Chad, let's, let's outline maybe some things that we're really contemplating this season or maybe some things that we're going to try to practice this season. Uh, I, I, I think this resonates with me for sure, and I hope it does with you too, listeners. So check back with us after the break, and we're going to give you some outlines and some practices and some ideas how to be a better minister and pastor at home this season. reviews are in it's like having a free intern or assistant walk into your office and say for $25 a month I will do all the things you wanted and you haven't had the time to do don't believe us test drive youthministrybooster.com today
Hey, After 9 listeners, we're back after the break, hanging out here with uh, my favorite guy, my favorite, my best buddy. His name is Chad Higgins, and we're so excited to talk to you today about what it means to be the best pastor possible this holiday season. It doesn't mean more programs. It doesn't mean more youth activities or fun-tivities, but it may start or restart in the home. Your friends, your family, your spouse, your kiddos, whoever those people are that are with you for the long haul of what you're doing, this is the season to pastor to them. Uh, and so today we have a couple things we want to outline for you. We've got, call it five, we've got five great things that we want to give you um, that maybe you could practice this holiday season um, that might be the most impactful things you could do to finish off your year. More than calendar planning, more than teaching and planning the schedule of what you're going to say. Um, here's some tips, here's some practices for you to start doing this holiday season. Uh, Chad, number one is turn those phones off, man. When was the last time, Chad Higgins, you had your phone off for more than one day consecutively? Does, does it count if the battery died? <laughs> if that's what it takes, man. <laughs> man, um, n- not not soon enough, if I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I, I need to practice that a little bit more. Um, man, I think, I think that we are often very guilty of the same things that we get very irritated with our students by like, (laughs) why won't these kids shut off their phone? Why won't you shut off your phone? It's it's often been said that youth ministers (laughs) without their kids become the youth of their youth ministry. (laughs) (laughs) That hurt for, for a couple of people out there. Somebody just turned us off this morning. <laughs> That's enough honesty for me in 35 minutes. Thank you very much, Zach and Chad. I am so not like my kids. <laughs> I wish our pastor right. would be more lock-ins. <laughs> All right, rebellious Robert. Maybe let's tone it down a notch. Turn the Minecraft off and let's listen to each other for a minute. <laughs> no, man. Dude, I think that that's... that's really good advice, Zach. I think just disconnecting, turning your phone off... Um, really, man, for, for at least 48 hours, give your family 48 hours, like just shut the thing off. If you've got to like check in at night when everything's over to make sure that there was no like crisis or anything like that, give yourself the ability to do that. But I think a lot of times we fear like those moments so much, right. That it causes us to like throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so, Man, turn those off, put them in the other rooms, get off of them for a moment, um, find yourself present, especially with your wife, your children, um, your family that's in town or you're traveling to, uh, get off that. You don't need to check Facebook every five minutes. Um, it, no one wants still to gonna see everybody else. Yeah, it's still going to be there. All right, so here's the challenge. So practice, turn your phone off. The challenge is December 26th and 27th. It's the Monday and Tuesday after Christmas. Maybe you had Christmas Day stuff, maybe a Christmas Eve stuff, but the Monday and Tuesday after Christmas, dear After 9 community, could we, as a youth ministry collective community, all turn our phones off? Just go radio silent, cell phone silent for 48 hours from Christmas, the evening of the 25th to the evening of the 27th. Just shut them down. Just shut them down. Turn them off. Don't snap. Don't tweet. Don't text. Don't post. Um, if you hear from either one of us, get on to us, and then we'll get on to you for being on to But don't, But turn them off. Shut it down. Uh, we need a break. And so we're calling on all of you, 26th, 27th of December, let's shut it down. Yeah, um, that's good. And maybe, and maybe while you're shut down, 
chat. Number two is this. <laughs> Instead of sending ad nauseum emails, maybe if you just feel like you have to do something this holiday season, maybe it's a chance to write a letter or a note. I think, man, and, and you shared a little bit in kind of our talk before the break, we are so good about giving stuff, but the presence of giving um, your heart, your thoughts written out, is way cooler than any kind of trinket or T-shirt or whatever little thing you devise to give to somebody, right? Like to spend time in a conversation or to write out some thoughts or send some sincere gratitude, man, that seems like holiday gold, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I see so many people, you know, asking, hey, wh- wh- what what can I get my, you know, volunteer leaders for Christmas and all that kind of stuff? And, you know, a lot of us don't have these, like, big budgets or anything like that. So it's not like, you know, we're buying our leaders these, like, incredible gifts anyways. Like, normally it's, like, you know, a dollar twenty-five mug that you got on Oriental Trading that's, like, yeah. I heart my leaders or something <laughs> like that, you know? It's festive. <laughs> it's festive. Um, and, and nothing knocking any of that kind of stuff. I've done it for years but man, what your leaders need, what your people that are in your life need is, man, they need to hear from your heart in some ways to know that you care about them. And so some of the things that are the most cost effective are oftentimes the most meaningful, right? That we really yeah. think about them, that we pour into their life, that we're speaking life into them in some ways um, that are away from kind of the the normality of things. And so I think with our our families, we can do these these same type of things, right? Um, man, I know Zach for yourself. You've got a you've got a little one, right? And so um, this time of year is probably very exciting for so um, fun for, for so you fun. and your wife. And um, but but our children need us, right? Like in, in our home, they need us to be present, to be off the phone, not to be the youth pastor dad, but to be dad. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about that. To give us some <laughs> so, advice there. So this that. is a, this was the thing that I joked about that Chad told me I have to share. So for all the things that we like love or hate about youth ministry games, if you just feel like you got to keep up the the habit of programming your life for youth ministry, <laughs> maybe the Wednesdays uh, before and after Christmas or whatever your midweek thing is, if you've taken a break or not or whatever, maybe you devise some really great games for your kiddos, right? Like, don't just hang out with your kids. Be proactively fun. Practice the ministry of fun at home. Like, don't just save your funny voices or your screen games for youth ministry. Like, find a funny game. Use a funny game. I mean, like, you, you, you know fun. You're a youth pastor. Right. Practice that at home. Don't, don't be funny youth minister at church and then, like, boring parent at home you're like ah kids just turn the tv on no be fun be proactive play a game with them give prizes like do do all the things that your 13 15 year old kids love with your three-year-old like just, it's oh, great man. yeah i'm just imagining that right like what a great memory of like that your child would have as they grow up right if they remember like youth pastor dad like playing these fun games at home, bringing in the lights them. and the big screen. <laughs> oh man, that would be so awesome! You would remember that, and, and and I think so many so many children that their parents are pastors end up having these jaded views of the church because their parents' time is sucked up in it. 
that how how great is that that some of these same things that they see you doing on Wednesday or Sunday are incorporated into your home that are these fun experiences for them. And so now they have this great vision or view of the church and what you're doing and why it's connecting with other people and all these kind of things. I think, I think that's beautiful. I think it's a great way to use some of the things that we already have, right? Yeah. You already have the PowerPoint games, <laughs> right? You already know that, Hey, this isn't too bad. I get some visqueen. I throw it down in my living room. That's right. And we, you know what I mean? We play with pudding for a little bit. That's right. And that's so, right. Chad's going to get a pool and put cool whip in a pool in his garage. And nephew Isaiah is coming over to play. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. You tell me you won't be the like coolest uncle ever, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, but more than just your kids, like Chad, you shared, and I'd love for you to hear, share a little more. Um, we turn our phones off. We write letters instead of emails. We play games with our kids. But I think this is a chance to really rekindle our partnership with our spouse, right? Like, say more about that because I think more than just like sharing a, a dwelling space or like raising kids together or laboring in ministry. What does it mean to really re-up our partnership with our spouse? You know, I, I think I think it's so important that for us married men or, or married women out there that your significant other sees you um, as their partner in this, right? That whether it's her family coming over or you're going to them or it's your family – um, that this, that your home is you and her, you and him, your children, um, and, and that the hard conversations that have to be had, right? Um, these difficult, difficult times with our family, um, that you're in that together, right? That these don't come as like blind moments when you blow up on, you know, the laws or whatever. And, and so I, I think that, um, we have to have these conversations um, before they ever get there. Hey, like, um, man, I, I just want you to know, right? Like, I know that some of these things that are happening with your brother are difficult. I'm there for you, right? Um, I'm here with you. We're walking through this together. Um, and that, that she or he sees you as um, on their team or behind them, encouraging them along the way, and that you're there, right? Yeah, that you're not over at her family's house, just completely disconnected from everything. And it's like, oh, God, I can't wait for a couple more days and I get to go home kind of deal. You know what I mean? Um, because sometimes we can be little jerks like that. Right. Um, but, but I think that we've got to check our heart. We've got to be there for them, encourage them along the way, walk through this with them. Um, you know, for because for some people, holiday season isn't this like wonderful happy land of emotions right sometimes oh, it's very difficult it can be the most and so difficult. i think that yeah so i think our partner seeing us there encouraging them walking beside them um and having their back no matter what is really important and that there's that level of trust between each other that man it doesn't just happen overnight right it happens through conscious um you know just working at it and and being there and um, not dropping the ball over and over. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. And it's and it's also true, Chad, in what you said about not just for the way in which we love and minister our spouse, but also that extended family. Like I think that's one of the things that I still am trying to sort through 
uh, for a lot of our friends in youth ministry is that the people you may need to be the pastor to the most are not the kids that come through the doors of the church, but that extended family. Maybe it's the in-laws, maybe it's your biological family, maybe it's the family that only shows up into the holiday season. But I think being a pastor and being the real kind of honest pastor that the, that they need, that the world needs, is critical, right? Like I think it's easy for us just to see clergy folk, church folk with a certain kind of glossy or glazed like kind of veneer. But I think to be in the holiday season, sharing the struggle that not everything is rosy, but also not everything is complaining, right? Like it's not just like, it's not just another job, right? Like it, it is a job and there's stuff to it that's tough and there's meetings you don't want to go to and the days are long and there's difficulty. But to give them like a glimpse of like the hope of why you're doing it. I mean, if you really are called to this and it's a vocation and not just a job, like they need to hear that. They need to see that. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason that you're a pastor in the midst of whatever your family situation is. Um, it's, it's a chance for you to be the fullness of who you are to those that probably matter the most. Right. Like I just, I mean, we get kids for a few hours a week, right? Like we, we get them for a Sunday or Wednesday or whatever. And then here's our, you know, our family, our extended family, our in-laws, our cousins that are like blood to us and that we've got to be pastor to them too. And not in a way that feels like obligation, but a way that feels like an overflow of a heart renewed by our calling. And so for our fifth one, like friends, like here this season as a chance to be the honest pastor that a lot of people today are looking for. You know, I, I think that I think for so many people in our country, there's this view of who their pastor is in the pulpit. Um, and then when they end up having a pastor in their family, um, they always see them as that other person, right? Like the, the pastor in my family is different than the guy I see in the pulpit. Well, that's probably actually not true. You just don't get to see that guy that you know in the pulpit at home, right? And I think that there's something really, really important that our family gets to see. They get to see our own brokenness. They get to see yeah. our own failures. They get to see our own shortcomings. Um, and instead of us getting to like eloquently speak truth into their life, um, we get to show truth into their life, right? We get, yeah. They get to see behind the curtain. They get to see that we have shortcomings in the same way that they do. Um, yet we have a Savior who has um, transformed our life, that has redeemed us, that has called us, that's using us. And, and I think that that's very important. I think that that's really important for us to show and to see. Um, man, I can remember being young. Anytime we would have family coming over to the house, it was like this busy bee moment of picking everything up and making sure that the pillows were in the correct place on the couch and everything was lined out perfectly and our rooms were clean and all this kind of stuff. And I, I could remember getting so upset that just because these people were coming over, I was having to clean my room that it was this nice, great impression. And I think many of us are still trying to do that with our own life, that when family comes over, that people come into our life, that we feel like we've got to make it look spotless and clean and like everything is in order. And, and while we don't just, you know, throw out our dirty laundry to everyone, I think with the people that are closest with us, it's really good for them to see behind the curtain sometime. That we're honest about some of the struggles that we have, the insecurities that we have, the fears of failures that we have, that they understand that they are not alone in this. 
Um, and then through that, we get to point to um, the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. And I think far too often, maybe we've treated our families like um, someone that we meet on the street that God calls us to evangelize to. Uh, but these are going to be people, people that we see for the rest, the next 40 years of our life. Um, that they're going to be there every Christmas and Thanksgiving. And we have the opportunity to speak life into them. That they don't get to see this like fake presentation that we want them to see, but they yeah. get to see who we truly are and we get to minister from that place um, of being people who are loved and cared for by a God who is all-powerful. And mm. may we not miss that opportunity to point to him during this season um, when it's difficult. You know, I think oftentimes we want to take off the pastor role, um, but maybe the thing that we want to take off is um, the image of perfection that we try to to show, yeah. when in all reality we need to show his grace and his love during this time. And so um, after nine listeners, know that our heart and our prayers are with you. Um, we are in this thing that we call ministry and life right alongside you. We don't have all the answers. We don't have um, it all figured out, but we're committed to being honest. We're committed to encouraging one another to be more and more like Christ each and every day. So, Zach, to all, to you, to your family, and all of our listeners, may you have a Merry Christmas this year. Um, may you find this time to be fulfilling. May it be um, restful for you, and we are so, so thankful for you. Thanks for listening. We're going to have great stuff the rest of the year. we still got After Nines for every Wednesday this season. We hope that you'll keep listening and enjoy. Uh, Merry Christmas, After Nine listeners. We'll see you again in 2017. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.